Sir. Point is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. Are you ready to be upgraded to Humanity 2.0? This is Viewpoint with attorney and author Chuck Chrismeyer. Viewpoint is a one-hour talk show confronting the issues of America's heart and home. And now with today's edition of Viewpoint, here is Chuck Chrismeyer. It has happened. The disclosure, the revelation, the long-expected Durham report of the vast Clinton conspiracy. She used to refer to it as the vast right-wing conspiracy back in the 1990s. And then she concocted her own, the vast Clinton conspiracy. So America now knows what was long clear to most of us. The FBI and the corporate media cohorts concocted the Trump out of thin air. Special counsel John Durham's closing report telegraphed the obvious conclusion in ways that could no longer be obfuscated although some are still trying to do that. How did it happen? Well, they concocted a scandalous story based on supposedly reputable sources. They spread it around to the sympathetic press through intermediaries intermediaries to keep plausible deniability and wait for the major media and government instigators to glom onto it because they were so ready to do so. But Clinton's team took it to the next level. The Clinton campaign was able to harness operatives at the Department of Justice who were so willing to abuse government investigative powers against a legitimate political candidate whom they determined should never hold public office because he opposed globalism. The Clinton campaign was able to harness all of that hatred toward anybody who would seem to make America great again. Campaign Clinton campaign lawyer Mark Elias hired Fusion GPS, who employed British former intelligence operative Richard Steele, who then used Danchenko to dig up the dirt. Hillary Clinton, her aide Charles Dolan Jr., identified only as a PR executive, Executive One, was dispatched to feed Danchenko what he needed. But media piled on during the 2016 campaign by spreading rumors based upon the dossier. The whole thing was completely concocted and orchestrated deception. It was an orchestrated fraud upon the American people, both Democrat and Republican. So Durham's report issued on Monday found the New York Times published fake news that was peddled by federal intelligence officials. So it was a meeting together, a collusion, shall we say, of federal officials and the media. Yes, even the New York Times. The entire story, however, was fabricated. According to the bombshell report published by Durham, the New York Times won a Pulitzer Prize for its false reporting, which it has refused to give back. 
Interesting. No honor there with the New York Times. Durham's report states that the plan by Hillary Clinton to create a false story linking Donald Trump to Russia was briefed in August of 2016 by then-CIA Director John Brennan to President Barack Obama, Vice President Joe Biden, Attorney General Loretta Lynch, and FBI Director James Comey. I want to repeat those names to you. You need to understand this. Because our current putative president was involved in the scheme. He knew all about it, as did Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, who has no love lost for this country. The names again. CI Director John Brennan, President Barack Obama, Vice President Joe Biden, Attorney General Loretta Lynch, and FBI Director James Comey. So the question is, what happens next to these individuals, if anything? How is it the Durham report could not come up with a single legal criminal recommendation of action, of charging? Has American honor fallen so badly that we cannot even acknowledge the criminality of this kind of behavior? Friends, this was a perpetrated fraud on the entire country. Not only was it a perpetrated fraud on the entire country, which had to be done with intentionality, very dramatic and complicated intentionality. But it was designed basically to attack the very republic itself. Because the republic stands or falls based upon the trust that the American people have in their government and in their election. So all of the people that were crying and screaming about Republicans interfering with elections, Trump interfering with elections, actually, they were the ones that were interfering with the elections, and they were doing it in such a dramatic way that it is beyond almost all comprehension to believe that such a thing could happen in the United States of America, which means that the honor of our country has been put on the chopping block. The honor of America has been put on the chopping block. That means your honor. That means our government's honor. That means our law enforcement's honor, including the CIA that's supposed to defend us from foreign enemies, the FBI that is supposed to defend us from enemies on these shores, the president and vice president who are supposed to uh, sworn to uphold the Constitution, and yes, even the Department of Justice that is supposed to protect us with liberty and justice for all, 
and the very head of the Department of Justice. How are we to comprehend such a direct, open, notorious assault against the honor of our country? Against your honor, against my honor, against the honor of those who founded our country. And so I welcome you to Viewpoint, reluctantly. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. It's conversation, as always, with ever-increasing conviction, talk that transforms. As the World Tribune said, both CNN and supporters of former President Donald Trump promptly described the Brennan report as a shocking indictment of the FBI and tantamount to the exoneration of the 45th president of the United States. We're going to follow up on this, friends. But more than follow up the way most news does, we're going to take a look at this issue of our honor. Because honor lost, all lost. We'll be right back. You'll listen to Viewpoint. Once upon a time, children could pray and read their Bibles in school. Divorces were practically unknown, as was child abuse. In our once great America, virginity and chastity were popular virtues, and homosexuality was an abomination. So what happened in just one generation? Hi, I'm Chuck Chris Meyer, and I urge you to join me daily on Viewpoint, where we discuss the most challenging issues touching our hearts and homes. Could America's moral slide relate to the Fourth Commandment? Listen to Viewpoint on this radio station or anytime at saveus.org. Welcome back to Viewpoint. I'm Chuck Chris Meyer. Our sacred honor has been assaulted to the max. Assaulted. After seven years of high drama in which a sitting president had his administration disrupted and his reputation severely damaged with what the Durham report confirmed was a false narrative that also targeted a nuclear power, Russia, and one question remained unanswered. Is that all? Is that all? Where's the follow-up? Did this man, Special Counsel John Durham, not have the fortitude to be able to recommend to the Justice Department criminal charges? Was he afraid of what would happen? Was he under threat by the Department of Justice? Was he under threat by President Obama? Was he under threat from various sources? Who knows? It seems that when honor is lost or forfeited, anything goes. A statement was made from Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton. He said, this is damning information. According to the Durham report, President Obama's CIA director, John Brennan, then Vice President Joe Biden, former Attorney General Loretta Lynch, and the infamous former director of the FBI, James Comey, were briefed in August of 2016 about the plan by Hillary Clinton and the DNC to create a false narrative linking President Trump in Russia. They worked together, they confederated together, 
all with knowledge of the intended, not just dishonorable, but fraudulent scheme to try to undermine an election and destroy an elected president. The FBI knew this Neil dossier was a sack of lies. And yet they still push false allegations of the nefarious FI, uh, FISA warrant applications against Carter Page. The whole thing was a pack of lies. They made it up to a point to try to crush Trump and those around him. It was a purely political banana republic effort to change the course of a presidential election and presidency. And, in my opinion, as with Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton, I believe Mr. Durham let down the American people with few and failed prosecutions. Never in American history has so much government corruption faced so little accountability. The FBI and Justice Department and their political masters in the Obama White House are responsible for the worst government corruption in American history. A seditious conspiracy by Obama, Biden, Clinton, and their deep state allies. What more can be said? It remains. I mean, you could read the 300 and some page report. What kind of responses could we expect? Devin Nunes, former U.S. representative from California, said that even after a cursory reading, the Durham report on FBI misconduct and its investigation of ties between Russia and Donald Trump should scare the living hell out of everyone. Those are not my words. Those are his words. He knew what was going on. He had done much of the investigation, and everything was frustrated by people such as Adam Schiff in the Congress. Adam Schiff, you see, was the leader with regard to the impeachments of Donald Trump, which were all predicated on this false storyline that was concocted by Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, uh, Joe Biden, Loretta Lynch, the uh, secretary, the, the attorney general, and uh, John Brennan, the head of the CIA. Do you see how the power that was invested in those individuals was used for massive corruption? It was as if they took a sledgehammer to the Constitution. They took a sledgehammer to the honor of America for their own selfish, prideful purposes. They had no trust in the Constitution. They had no trust in our system. They were seeking to destroy it. They wanted Mr. Trump out of the picture because he said he was going to make America great again, and their goal was to disintegrate America enough so that it could be absorbed into a new global order. You won't hear that in the rest of the news because they're afraid to talk about it.
Maybe they don't even get it. Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia has introduced articles of impeachment against against FBI Director Christopher Wray uh, yesterday. In the articles of impeachment, Green alleges that Ray facilitated the development of a federal police force to intimidate, harass, and entrap American citizens that are deemed enemies of the Biden regime. She said Ray has become a lackey of the Biden regime, persecuting the enemies of his handlers, including both public and private citizens. Senator Rand Paul said that perpetrators of the Russian gate dishonorable experience should go to prison. He's absolutely right. Maybe they should all be put in the same cell for 25 years so they can conspire together as to uh, who was the worst offender uh, among them. Pam Bondi, former attorney general there in uh, Florida, said that the damaged FBI agents should pay their target's legal fees. Do you have any idea how many people, my friends, were put into bankruptcy as a result of these fraudulent and false accusations? It wasn't just Donald Trump. It was many, General Michael Flynn, and so many others, There must be a price to pay, and these people need to be judged. If there was ever a time for Christian people to stand for righteous judgment, it's now. I don't care whether you tend to be more liberal or more conservative. I don't care whether you're a Democrat or Republican or neither of them. You should be willing to look at this kind of evil in the face and be willing to bring the utmost penalty for this kind of behavior because it's destructive to the whole society. It's creating chaos in the streets. The consequences, the echoing consequences from this activity led by Hillary Rodham Clinton, one of the most wicked women who has ever inhabited a public office in this country, conspired together with then Barack Obama, Joe Biden, Loretta Lynch, John Brennan, and James Comey. What an absolute wicked bunch. It's unbelievable. Matt Whitaker said it was the most outrageous moment in American history. Well, it certainly ranks among those. It certainly ranks among those. But I want to talk a little bit about this matter of honor. Because what really happened, the the echoing consequences of this 
on a broader scale, not diminishing the economic consequences to those who were falsely accused and assaulted as a result of this uh, travesty, this conspiracy to defraud the American people and to destroy the republic. But in addition to that, uh, it destroyed the honor of our country, not only amid the citizens of this country, but in the face of the whole world. Can you see that? It was a treasonous charade. A treasonous charade. These people, the same people that conspired together, that confederated together to deceive the American people and to destroy the republic, also are the same people who uh, are doing everything they can, everything they can now to accuse others of doing what they themselves have done. It's called projection, friends. That's what they do. This, they're accusing Donald Trump of being treasonous. Unbelievable when they are the ones who were treasonous. Interestingly, Obama's CIA chief made a startling admission. He admitted that it was all political. All political. And it cannot go on like this. U.S. Senator Josh Hawley from Missouri is calling for prosecutions, including that of Hillary Clinton, and rightly so. He said people need to be prosecuted for this. The Clinton campaign, Hillary Clinton herself, is it any coincidence that she is tweeting about collusion at exactly the same time her campaign operatives are feeding the uh, report to the FBI? There need to be consequences for her and also for the FBI, including James Comey, including Loretta Lynch, including John Brennan. There has to be justice. As the prophet Amos said, let justice Roll down. Let justice roll down. And now, I'd like to shift, if I can, away from the focus specifically on that dramatic, disastrous episode of American history and focus on our sacred honor. Honor is a very, very important thing, friends. It's been called our sacred honor. And the glory of American liberty was born in the light of American honor. It just was. Honor springs from the well of moral living. And without moral virtue... 
The glory of honor recedes behind the glare of vice. It is no wonder that Forbes magazine, the foremost business magazine in America, devoted its entire 75th anniversary edition in 1992 to ask the question, whatever happened to virtue in America? What we have seen and are continuing to see is the echoing, reverberating consequences of the abandonment of virtue in America. When Vladimir Putin has to be used as the mouth of a donkey to identify the problem for Americans in the context of our world, when he says that America has become the leading force of debauchery in the world, maybe we should consider ourselves and look at ourselves in the mirror. Honor springs for the well of moral living, and without moral virtue, the glory of honor recedes behind the glare of vice and is destructive. There is so much more about Chuck Chris Meyer and Save America Ministries on our website, saveus.org. For example, under the marriage section, God has marriage on his mind. Chuck has some great resources to strengthen your marriage. First off, a fact sheet on the state of the marital union, a fact sheet on the state of ministry, marriage, and morals. SaveUS.org. Marriage, divorce, and remarriage. What does the Bible really teach about this? Find all of this at SaveUS.org. Also, a letter to pastors, the Hosea Project, SaveUS.org, and many more resources to strengthen your marriage. It's all on Chuck's website, SaveUS.org. Again, you can listen to Chuck's Viewpoint broadcast live and archived. Save America Ministries website at SaveUS.org. Again, I welcome you back to Viewpoint. America was seen as a lighthouse nation, a lighthouse to the world, just as the Liberty Statue of Liberty there in New York Harbor uh, was emanating its light across the seven seas of the seven continents. So America was seen as a lighthouse. But when the windows of that lighthouse become so darkened by vice, lack of virtue, immorality, deceit, selfishness, pride, ambition, and so on, that light emanating from the lighthouse of America, has dimmed so greatly that we are no longer seen that way anywhere in the world. It's amazing. It's painful. Isn't it painful? So, America stands in this position today. The God who gave us life gave us liberty He inspired our founding fathers. He instilled in them the moral and spiritual light that revealed the path and blazed the way for development of the government and the social fabric of this nation, the light of which has radiated to the entire world. And that light produced a glory rooted in national virtue and honor. And it's been destroyed. This action revealed in the Durham report, is perhaps the final 
attack upon America's perceived virtue and honor anywhere in the world. Our honor is beyond tarnished, and with it, our glory has turned to shame. And what's especially frightening, friends, unfortunately, is that we are even losing our sense of shame. We've, it seems like we've seared our moral conscience. There was no moral conscience among any of those people who conspired together to defraud the American people and to take down any person they could to achieve their nefarious agenda. Didn't matter to them. Can you imagine what would have happened if Hillary Rodham Clinton had been elected president? Such wickedness? It would be like electing Jezebel, the wife of former King Ahab. Not only are we losing our honor, in fact, we are even being stripped of the very memory of honor. And it's a very cold and selfish world, I think, a nation, a family, and heart that's without honor. And one of the saddest consequences, I think, of the demise of honor is the disappearance of heroes. America's been rich in heroes. Men and women stood for truth, courageously did, and spoke out was right. But according to a poll about 15 years ago, 70% of Americans believed that there were no living heroes existing today. Just think what they would say today. Neither do we trust our leaders or our institutions. We don't even trust ourselves anymore. There is no trust. When you lose honor, you lose trust. And you can't bootstrap honor. Honor comes from within. It issues from our inner character, from the heart, from our very soul. And honor is then bestowed by society back to the one who has acted honorably from the heart. So perhaps as all of the hoopla is going on now with regard to the 2024 uh, presidential election, and Congress, maybe, just maybe, we should be looking for people of honor. What do you think? Because if we're just looking for people of power, power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And you had seven individuals, I believe it was seven individuals, who confederated together to destroy the very meaning of honor in this country for their own advancement of power, perks, and position. Devastating. Now, I want to provide some measure of hope here. And I want to provide to you my book, Renewing the Soul of America. One person at a time, beginning with you. We can't start with Hillary Clinton. You can't start with James Comey or John Brennan. They're already a piece of work, walking in their nefarious uh, lack of virtue. In fact, 
not just lack of virtue, but intentionally it was a almost a satanic kind of confederation. A demonically inspired kind of confederation. We can't change them. But what we can do is change ourselves. We can look at ourselves in the mirror, the mirror of honor, and say, where is my honor? Is my honor lying in the dust? Is it being trampled on? Have I trampled on my own honor? Have I trampled on the very honor of the Lord that I claim to serve because of my attitude, my behavior, my choices, and so on? Even my votes or lack thereof? Chapter 9 of my book, Renewing the Soul of America, is called Our Sacred Honor. If I would have honor, I must be honorable. I want to make the book available to you. It's an $18 book. Yours for $15. It's on our website, saveus.org. Saveus.org. This book provides answers, friends. That's why 38 national Christian leaders endorsed it. The late Adrian Rogers. Bellevue Baptist Church there former president of the Southern Baptist Convention, said, America is on the brink. We may be on the brink of blessing or incredible judgment. I firmly believe that God is our only hope, and at this time, God himself is our biggest threat. It's my conviction that we do not need to persuade God to bless us as a nation, but permit him to do so. It would be glorious, he said, if every spiritual and religious leader in America could read this book, Renewing the Soul of America. Why? Why is it that 38 national Christian leaders decided there was something so unusual about this book compared to all the others that had been written about the troubles of our country? That they said, this book has the answers. In fact, Pat Robertson went so far as to say, it has the answers. It provides what we can do if we have the courage to make the right decisions, he said. If we have the courage. Do we? Nancy Lay DeMoss, now known as Nancy Lay Wolgamuth, author and broadcaster, said, Chuck probes the heart and conscience of our nation. With a rare combination of insight, directness, urgency, and compassion, this message desperately needs to be heard and heeded before it's too late. The late D. James Kennedy said, with an insightful grasp on the history of our nation's founding, added to deep understanding of the judgment God has imposed upon nations outside of his holy will, Chuck Chris Meyer clearly and crisply enunciates the choices facing not only America, but Americans in this dangerous period of our God-blessed, but God-warned country. Renewing the soul of America, friends. If you want answers, if you really want answers that you can do something about, then this is the book for you. It will encourage you. It will inspire you. I don't think you'll be able to read the book without being changed. 
Just like you can't listen to the re- to Viewpoint without being changed at some point. $15 on our website, saveus.org. Call us, 1-800-SAVE-USA. That's 1-800-SAVE-USA. Or write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check and $5 for postage and handling. And we'll be at Renewing the Soul of America in Your Hands. Now, let's go back to this uh, matter of honor. Our founding fathers were almost universal in their conviction as to the root of honor. They were convinced, like George Washington himself said, that of all the dispositions and habits which lead to political prosperity, religion and morality are indispensable supports. And when he used the word religion, he used a capital R, and by that he meant the Christian faith. They were also convinced that national morality cannot prevail in exclusion of religious principle. Then there was a fellow, Noah Webster. Noah Webster is the one credited with the uh, first dictionary. And here's what he said. The moral principles and precepts contained in the scriptures ought to form the basis of all our civil constitutions and laws. All the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice, crime, ambition, injustice, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts contained in the Bible. Do you think that those seven individuals that confederated together to deceive the American people, to destroy Donald Trump, and to destroy all the people around him, and are continuing to try to do that, do you think they were seeking in any way whatsoever to honor the God who made and preserved us a nation? Do you think they even had any respect for him? Do you think they even believed him? Do you think they even believed in the Bible? Hardly. Calvin Coolidge, one of our presidents, said, the foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Well, that's what Alexis de Tocqueville found in 1830 when he came over here from France to find out what it was that would make America great. Apparently, we didn't agree with him either. Apparently, we've decided we don't need God. We just need more personal power, purpose, and position. We'll be right back. Have you ever considered what the early church was like? Many people are developing a heart longing for greater fulfillment in our practices as Christians. A recent study showed 53,000 people a week are leaving the back door of America's churches in frustration. What is going on? Why has there not been even a 1% gain among followers of Christ in the last 25 years? Could it be that God is seeking to restore first century Christianity for the 21st century? Jesus said, I'll build my church. Is Christ by his spirit stirring to prepare the church for the 21st century? The early church prayed together and broke bread from house to house. They were family, and it was said by all who observed, behold how they love one another. Incredible. But the same can be found right now. Go to saveus.org and click Sell Church. We can revive first century Christianity for the 21st century. It's about people, not programs. It's about a body, not a building. That's saveus.org. Click Sell Church.
I can never forget in the famous film Chariots of Fire, one of my favorite all time. I don't go to movies much, but that movie uh, was so important for our country, for our world, and to help set the stage and bring correction in honor and truth and justice and honoring God to our world, that I showed it to all of my grandchildren, some of them several times. And in the course of that movie, a classic, the young Olympian Eric Little, upon whose life the film was based, made in a moment of moral choice and crisis, a personal decision, by choosing God's way rather than yielding to the pressure of political power of his nation. Do you remember that? He was a man of principle and honor. He was willing to sacrifice temporary personal pleasure and goals in favor of God's eternal plan and principles. He was honored by both God and man, and in his moment of decision, he sought direction for the Bible and relied upon God's promise. What was that? Them that honor me, I will honor. So here's the rhetorical question. Do you honor God? Do you honor Jesus Christ? I didn't ask you whether you believed in God. I asked you whether you honor him. Do you honor him in the choices that you make? Do you honor him with the words that you speak? Do you honor him in the relationships that you have? Do you honor him with the agreement with every word and principle that he has set forth in the Bible, not just the ones that you agree with? Because if you don't honor him with agreeing with all of it, you don't agree with any of it. Not really. You don't honor him. You dishonor him because you think you're equal to God. Unfortunately, that's the end or net result of it. When we diss any portion of the word of God, we actually elevate ourselves to the position of claiming to be equal with God. So we can either take or leave what he says. How can we have honor in this country if we do that in God's own house? But we do it all the time. Our pastors are doing it too dissing the things that they don't want to hear, that they don't want to teach. They want to agree with the culture's viewpoint instead of with Christ's viewpoint. There's no honor there, friends. No wonder the world looks on and says, you people don't even believe what you say you believe. You don't believe the Bible. You're dishonoring the Bible. You're dishonoring God because you diss what he says. So, If we would see the light and the glory of America return, we have to restore her honor. Now, that's a tough thing to do. It's like restoring trust. How do you restore trust? Trust and honor are cousins. You're not going to trust somebody that you you can't honor. And you're you're not going to honor somebody that you can't trust. No wonder we have such a problem with electing people today. Or every, or forever. 
because increasingly we have shown that the people that we elect are just like us. We can't honor them because we are not honorable. Interesting, isn't it? We don't like to hear it that way. But that's the way it is. We want people just like us in Congress. We want people just like us in the White House, as a people, as as a nation. That's why we elect them. They didn't just jump out of the bushes and land there. They were elected by we, the people. We, the people, elected a dishonorable man by the name of Barack Hussein Obama, who told us five days before he took office that we were five days away from the fundamental transformation of America. In other words, he was going to change everything. He hated the Constitution. We, the people, elected him twice. It wasn't a matter of Democrat-Republican. It is a matter of what he stood for. And then, as if that were not enough, we elected a fellow by the name of Joseph Biden. A man that has no honor and never has. No honor. It's all about him. It's all about him. So, this is not a political issue. That is a moral and spiritual issue. And the politics then will flow from your character. So, whenever we think, well, we can't talk about that because that's political. No, It's being made political. It has political ramifications, but at root, it's moral and spiritual. And there's no national honor without individual honor. Honor in your life and in mine. How do you you restore that? Well, it's got to begin one person at a time. You can't do it by an election. You have to do it one person at a time. That's how the gospel works, friends. It's good news because it changes people one person at a time. It doesn't change a whole nation at once. It doesn't change a nation by an election. It changes a nation by one person at a time being converted, having a dramatic life change where they confess their sin They're falling short of the glory of God and repenting or turning from their nefarious, wicked way. Can you imagine what would happen if all seven of those conspiratorial figures that John Brennan has cited were at the very heart of this disastrous attack without any legal foundation without any factual foundation. He said there were no facts, no substance to carry on the event that they did, the attack. 
It was all fabricated. Can you imagine what would happen if those seven individuals would come under the transforming power of the Holy Spirit of God, would be convicted individually and collectively, not convicted of a crime, but convicted in their hearts of the wickedness that they have perpetrated before God, destroying the honor of their country, destroying the honor of the presidency, destroying the honor of the republic, destroying America's honor in the face of the entire world. Can you imagine what would happen if they would humbly fall on their faces before God and the country and confess and repent and ask for forgiveness it doesn't mean that they shouldn't be prosecuted not persecuted but prosecuted can you imagine what the catalytic effect of that would be in this country it'd be pretty dramatic Can you imagine what the catalytic effect would be of a thousand pastors joining on the White House steps and or at the court, Supreme Court and humbly confessing before God their failure to teach the moral and spiritual principles of the scriptures, their failure to disciple the people, and ask the nation to forgive them. Ask God to forgive them. Not pointing the finger at them somewhere out there, but taking responsibility. Can you imagine what would happen in this country? I can only imagine, as the song said, Humility is the soil condition of the heart and character, friends, out of which honor grows and is manifested. So the scripture says, before honor is humility. But this very same passage there in the Bible says, before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. And God hates pride. But God honors humility in a man, a woman, and a nation. And he's promised, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. Somehow, honor needs to be restored. But the foundation of honor is humility. Not a phony kind of humility, Not a mealy mouth kind of thing that talks with a lisp. No, real humility. I was never in the Marines. But the words of the Marine Corps hymn echo in my own mind and heart. I learned these words when I was a kid. First to fight for right and freedom and to keep our honor clean. I am proud to be a United States Marine. First to fight for right and freedom, 
and then to keep our honor clean. Wow. Why should we send America's soldiers to sacrifice out there in foreign countries for a government and a land and a people that refuse to honor God and are dishonoring their own country before the entire world? America is depending on you, my friend. So is God. From our ancestors came our names. From our virtues comes our honor. So here's the question. What kind of heritage of honor are your children and grandchildren going to experience? Our sacred honor. You see, we can scream and holler all we want about the uh, skullduggerous deeds of Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, Joe Biden. They're all up to their eyeballs in this conspiracy, friends. The Confederation to Deceive America. But if we just focus on them, we miss the point. The point is that they are somewhat maybe superseding our own skullduggerous lack of honor, but they are a metaphor for the whole country. Painful. Get a copy of my book, Renewing the Soul of America. I think you're going to find it extremely encouraging and helpful in a time like this. $15 will put this $18 book in your hands. It's on our website, saveus.org, saveus.org. Give us a call, 1-800-SAVE-USA. Write to us at Save America Ministries, P.O. Box 70879, Richmond, Virginia, 23255. Writing a check at $5 for postage and handling. Become a partner, friends, please. Nobody else is doing it. God is relying upon you, and so are we. God bless and be a blessing.